0: Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's Word. All right. Good morning, everybody. I thought the music team was going to say some of my messages. They're talking about the same God. Who's worked in times past, still works today. And then Rick talked about the promises that are already ours. Going, whoa. That's pretty cool how the Spirit of God orchestrates things, isn't it? Just amazing. Absolutely amazing. So, um, I get to preach this morning. I mean, I'm teaching this morning. <laughs> okay, I don't think I'm a preacher, but I do have a lot of scriptures to teach with. Um, I know Pastor Danny always gives me a hard time about having so many scriptures that I need to minister in one sermon. He could take 25 sermons and ma- out of all my notes. But that's Pastor Danny, right? We're different. Have you noticed that? <laughs> all righty. Um, I know some of you have asked about Pastor Danny. He's doing well. he I don't know if on Facebook you saw his his video of him on the boat where he's going across the Sea of Galilee. So that's something that's pretty special. Uh, he called me, he's called me about every day. On Friday, he called and he had, he and the crew had just been down to, um, a, a, they call him kibbutz, and that's just a small town in in Israel. They're, they're called kibbutzes, and, and he and the team of pastors were, went down to a small kibbutz near the Gaza border. And they were just about a mile from the Gaza Strip. And they went down there to pick clementines because a lot of the workers that they have in those orchards um, are at war. The men are at war. So they needed some help. And um, this guy sometimes has nationals that come from different countries to help him pick the fruit off of the trees. But uh, they're not there right now. So this group of farm uh, pastors were picking clementines for about five hours. And all the while they were c- picking clementines, they could see the fighter jets flying over. They could hear the, the bup, bu- bu- bu, you know, of guns, rifles being shot. And the explosions going off. And they feel the ground shaking. Yeah. He was that close. A mile away. But he said they were at peace. They, they weren't afraid. They just picked clementines and ate a few as they picked. <laughs> they were delicious, he said. So I said, too bad you can't bring me home with a couple. But they'd probably get co- confiscated in customs. So I'll have to leave them there and get them when I go again, right? <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I was um, just kind of... Uh, looking at some scriptures in Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians, some of those uh, epistles that Paul wrote, just, just kind of looking at them, and, and I'm going to read them to you here. And um, You don't need to put those up here. I'll just read them. Uh, it's Ephesians 1. He says, I'm writing to the saints, the consecrated, set-apart ones at Ephesus, who are also faithful, loyal, and steadfast in Christ Jesus. In Philippians, he calls them all the saints, God's consecrated people, Colossians, he's writing to the saints, the consecrated people, believers, faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae. Philemon, he says, I'm writing to my beloved co-workers. First Peter, he says, I'm writing to God's chosen people. Second Peter, I'm writing to you who share this same precious faith. First Thessalonians, he says to the people of Thessalonica, we give thanks to God always for you all, continually mentioning you in our prayers. Second Thessalonians, he says... We, meaning his team, of himself, Silas and Timothy, give thanks to God for you, because your faith is growing exceedingly, and the love of every one of you towards each other is increasing and abounding. So I say to you today, you are the saints, God's holy people, faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, beloved co-workers, chosen people with the same precious faith, who are faithful and loyal, steadfast followers in Christ Jesus whose faith is growing exceedingly and the love of every one of you towards each other is increasing and abounding. You're gathered here today in the church called Lander. You're here in Lander today. Isn't that cool? We can make the word of God personal. Amen. Um, We are a church who love God. We're thankful for the word of God that has set us free. Aren't you thankful for the truth that you've learned from the word of God? You don't have to live under the curse that's in this earth. We can live like we have heaven on earth because we can. Those precious promises that I'm going to talk about later. Um, and we, we minister the word of faith in the nursery, in the children's church rooms, in the youth, and the adults all throughout our church where our faith is growing exceedingly. I recently heard a pastor friend say this about his church. We are a great church with great people doing the Great Commission. That's what I say about this church this morning. This is a great church with great people doing the Great Commission together. Amen. amen. Do you agree? Say amen. amen. All right. All right. So I'm going to pray. Father, we, I just thank you for this opportunity, Father, to minister your word this morning. And I pray that the word of God is nourishment to our faith, nourishment to our spirit man. And we receive today what we have need of because we're all going to hear the same message but by the Holy Spirit, we're going to receive what we need. So, Father, I thank you for the word of God that sets us free today, tomorrow, and forever. And we praise you and thank you for the word that goes forth. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, we've been talking about A Vision for More in 2024. I'm, you've had some good sermons. I didn't even listen to all of them because I didn't want to say, Well, they already preached it, so I'm not going to. I, I wanted to do what God wanted me to do. So if you hear some of the same things that some of the other ministers said, just know I didn't listen to their message, okay? It's the Holy Ghost that talks to us. All right, if I was to title this, my, my message here this morning, what's your more for 2024? What's your vision for your 2024? If you don't have one, we need to get one, right? And Vision is about the future. I did listen to Pastor Michaels about how vision is the future, what we want in the future What do we want for our lives in the future, for the rest of 2024? What do we want? I I like what Danielle said. We're going to have to do some things on ours. We have a choice to make about what do we want. But all the precious promises are in this book called the Bible. I love that this is an instruction book for life. Every part of our lives. Um, I know... Somebody, some parents have said, I wish, I wish I had an instruction book on how to raise kids. I said, here it is. Here it is. Because every child is different. We know that, don't we? We have three sons, and um, every one of them is different. Even though they all came from the same father and the same mother, they're, they're all different. But that's the beauty of, of God, isn't it? We're all different. Okay. Um, EMIC or Kenneth Copeland Ministries, their vision is 2024, more and more, more and more. They're really believing for more. (laughs) All right. Okay. Um, I have a little book here that's from children's ministry. And don't forget, I spend most of my time in church and children's ministry. So if I treat you like you're little kids in big bodies, I do. (laughs) I'll be honest. (laughs) So it may sound kind of simple. But everybody can get simple, right? God's word's not complicated. And so this book says, um, it's about creation. It says, long, long ago there was God, but there was no people for God to love. No big people, no little people, not even any baby people. And the world was a dark and empty place. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and the light was good. But there were still no people for God to love. God made day, and he made night. He made the beautiful blue sky, and it was good. But there were still no people for God to love. God moved the waters to one place so there would be dry ground. Then God made plants and trees. God made the the big blue sky, I'm sorry, the big blue sun, and put it in the daytime sky. He put twinkling stars in the glowing moon in the night sky. And the plants and the trees and the sun and the stars were all very good. But there were still no people for God to love. Then God made birds to fly in the sky, fish to swim in the sea. He made animals to run and play in the green grass. God's world was no longer empty, it was full of wonderful things, beautiful things. I'm glad there's beautiful flowers because I like flowers. I'm glad there's so much variety in flowers. Some of you may like dogs, and you're thankful that there's all kinds of dogs. And trees, I like trees. I'm thankful there's lots and lots of trees. So God's word was no longer empty, but it was full of wonderful things. But there were still no people for God to love. So God made a man and a woman named Adam, and Adam named the woman Eve. Now there were people for God to love. And since that time, God has loved all the big people and all the little people and all the baby people who have ever lived in his wonderful world. God wanted a family. So he made a family. And he made mankind so that he could love us and shower us with blessings. John 3.16, out of the New Living Translation, says, For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. Is that us? It is. He loves us so much that he sent Jesus to the cross. Jesus came willingly. He wanted to obey his Father. And so he came to set us free, to redeem us from the enemy's tactics, death, hell, and the grave. We don't have to experience those things when we know Jesus, right? When we have Jesus in our heart. God wants and he desires and he wishes that everyone be saved and to understand the truth, who wishes all people to be saved and come to the knowledge and recognition of the divine truth. Isn't that awesome? He wants us to become saved and to come into the knowledge of what's ours. And we, get, we know We we know who we are by studying the Word of God. We know what's available to us by studying the Word of God. Danielle talked about we need to do more on our part because God's done so much. He wants us to seek Him. He wants us to come before Him and seek what He's got for us. Look for those hidden treasures in our Bible. Um, That Greek word translated save, where it talks about um, be saved up there in 1 Timothy, is an English word or in our English Bible is called sozo in the Greek and according to a Greek lexicon dictionary of the New Testament sozo means this i've got a whole list here it means preserve or rescue from natural dangers and afflictions save from death bring out safely from a situation fraught with moral danger save from disease save from demonic possession be restored to health get well to keep preserve in good condition Thrive, prosper, get on well, save or preserve from eternal death. There's a big package there when we get born again. It's not just about going to heaven, and that's good, but there's a lot of things we can have to live heaven here on the Earth. Hallelujah. Okay, so it's a lot more. It's more and more. There's more available to us, so I'm going to encourage you. look for some of those mores in your life this year. God's got more. And so, um, one of my favorite verses is Psalm one fifteen fourteen. I feel like the Lord wants us to talk about family a little bit this morning. And so, um, Psalm 115, verse 14, out of the King James Version. This is one of my favorite t- verses. It says, the Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Amen? Pastor Michael heard that message on a Sunday night in, down in Oklahoma in our church down there. and uh, He was maybe nine, eight, or nine. And uh, at that time, and uh, he was really listening to pastor at that point, not pastor Danny, but our pastor down there. Um, and he got up from and he said, "I'm going to take this for myself." He says, "The Lord shall increase me more and more, me and my parents." Oh, I know. <laughs> so I, I used to call that Michael's scripture, but it's mine too. Okay, and out of the Passion translation, it says this. God himself will fill you with more. Blessings and blessings will be heaped upon you. Did you hear that? Heaped upon you. Is that more or what? Heaped upon you and upon your children from the maker of heaven and earth, the very God who made you. It's God's idea to bless. It's, and he wants all generations to be blessed. As as earthly parents, we want good things for our kids, don't we? Right, Ayla? Yes. We want them to be, we want to be able to bless them just as much as we can, right? So does God want to bless all his children, and that includes all of us adults in this room. We're God's kids. And you know, it's kind of freeing to be called kids. (laughs) I love it. Okay, Psalm um, 78, verse 4 out of the New Living says, we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. Psalm 145, verse 4 out of the New Living says, Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I'm so thankful that when we were raising our children, we had the word of God. Ayla, are you thankful for that? Amen. It's so much easier. To raise children from the ground up, you know, when they're little, to teach them the things of God, because when they get older, then they don't have to relearn things. You just plant the word of God first thing in their lives, and they'll grow up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and they'll be successful in life a lot earlier than maybe we were. I'm thankful that my grandchildren are a lot farther than I am, or that I was at their age so thankful for that and now we see our boys raising their kids so our grandkids are that next generation they're being raised in the things of God and they love to worship the Lord oh they love to worship they love going to church oh, when can we go to church again I want to go to church that's a blessing to a parent <laughs> amen amen all righty so let's go to 2nd Peter 1 7 out of the New Living Translation. And these are greetings from, it says Peter, but Peter was Simon. And when I was reading some of this, I was thinking about Simon. I've got some more things I want to say about Simon. But I think of the, the man that plays Simon in the Chosen vi- series. So I, I see Simon when I talk about Simon. I see that Simon. <laughs> he, that, that vid- those videos, or those movies have given me a, a picture of what Jesus may have looked like and of what some of the disciples and apostles looked like and how they were. Okay, so he says here, I am writing to you who share the same precious faith that we have. Did you hear that expression before from Paul? He said that in one of the other epistles, didn't he? So, but this is Peter actually writing this letter. So he says, this faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. May God give you more and more, there's more and more, Give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. As we grow in the knowledge of God, aren't, don't we um, experience more things, more peace, more joy, more truth, and more life, better life? Yeah. Amen. Okay. Uh, verse three. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. He created us so that we could come to him. Hallelujah. And because of his glorious and e- glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. He's, given all, he's already given them to us. These are the promises that enable us to share his divine nature. And escape the world's corruption caused by human lust. Don't you feel, or don't you see, in people sometimes when they've been in the Word for a while, they change. Their their countenance changes, their their um, attitude changes. You can, you can just feel the Word of God coming out of them because you see the Word of God working in them, the Word of God transforming them. And aren't you thankful that maybe your husbands or your wives see that too? Their change. Sometimes though, it's like. What, who are you and what would you do with my husband? You, you used to do it this way, and now you're doing it that way. So what happened? But we're, the world is constantly changing. So, and we would get the word of God in us. We're changing, too. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Okay. Um, Kenneth Copeland has a little book called Precious Faith, Precious Promises. And he says in there, he says, All things that pertains to life and godliness covers a lot of territory. It covers everything you could ever need, spiritually, physically, financially, and relationally. It covers an abundant, victorious life. Abundant, there's that increase. There's that vision for increasing, for more. Amen? All right, and then he goes on to to tell, to say to someone who says, I've tried, you know, I've tried standing on God's promises, but they don't work for me. What can we say to that? Get back in the book and find the answers. Here's your book. Get back into the Word of God and see where the problem is. We know it's not from God. God never changes. All right, uh, Brother Hagen used to say, "It's not what you think the Bible says that works. It's what the Bible actually says that works." That's why it's so important to go to the Word of God and find out what the Bible actually says, not what we think, not what we remember. But what does it actually say? Okay, there, there are thousands of promises in the Bible. Thousands of them. So here's just a few of them. Salvation, healing, protection, peace, provision, God's goodness for your children, financial abundance, your heart's desires, answers to your prayers, wisdom. How many of us need wisdom every single day in this world? Strength, success, Restful sleep, bright future, healing for our nation. Yes, those are just some of them, and those are a lot, right? And we, can we go to Amazon and order them off of Amazon? <laughs> Sorry, you Amazon people. <laughs> Can't do that, can we? We go to this, this book. All right, uh, let's take a look at Luke 1, um, verse 30, out of the New King James. This is when uh, Mary gets the news from angel Gabriel that she's going to be, or that she's been chosen to become the mother of Jesus. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Verse 37 For with God, nothing will be impossible. Another translation says, the word of God will never fail. This was a promise. Okay, I forget where I'm going here. Okay, and then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. That was her acceptance of the word of God for her life. It was a promise to her, and she said, let it be to me according to your word. She was adding her faith to that promise. Theologians say that Mary was raised in a godly home with parents who taught her about God's ways. She knew that she could trust God and take him at his word. That's what she was doing. Let it be to me according to your word. I want to do what you want me to do. And so her faith was in that. And then verse 45, Mary went to see Elizabeth, and then Elizabeth said to Mary, Blessed is she who believes, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. If God tells you something in his word, he's going to fulfill it. If he gives you that promise, you find a promise that fits your situation and your circumstances, you take it and you say, oh God, I believe you, that's your word. There will be a fulfillment of those things that was told you from the Lord. There's a promise there, God will show you. Um, And there's another translation that says, Mary, and then it has uh, parentheses, deciding in her heart, it's a heart thing, not a head thing. Faith is where? In your heart. So it's not up here. We can't understand the things of the spirit by this thing called our mind. But she said, here I am, Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And then uh, the Passion Translation in Luke 1:37 says, Not one promise from God is empty of power, for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. No situation, no circumstances, no uh, problems or hard times we're going through. God has the answer for everything that we have going on. <clears throat> He's still the same God. He worked in days of old. He works today for us, right? All right. Okay, now let's go to Luke chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. This is when Jesus was um, ministering to some people and uh, then he says, when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the water and lower your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. You want me to put the nets down again? But he said, Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net again. And when they had done this, they caught a large number of fish, a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. Is that overflow? Is that abundance? Is that increase? Is that more and more? Two boatloads of fish packed full that they were about ready to sink. And the night before, there was not one single fish in that boat. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they... okay. They had caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both nets, so they began to sink. Verse 9. For he and the men who were with him, this is Simon, were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. I see increase there. I see more there. And, And his blessing was a blessing to the other people. Did you see that? His obedience affected not only his life, but the other life the lives of the other fishermen, and they saw it. They saw it with their eyes. What happened? Nevertheless, at your word. um, Oh, I know, another translation says, um, because you said so, Jesus, I'll let down the net. This is what God says. God said so. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. God said so. All my needs are met according to his riches and glory. God said so. I will have prosperity. God said so. All right. And, um, you know, Peter was looking at the circumstances of the night before. There wasn't one fish in that boat. But nevertheless, he, t- he went by faith, right? Regardless of what the circumstances said, we have situations and circumstances in our life that we're going to look at like God are you sure when he tells you something are you sure nevertheless that's your word because you said so like Mary Simon was blessed because he believed that Jesus knew what he was talking about he had faith or we could say confidence in Jesus because they trusted the Lord they were blessed and so many others around them were blessed too what God has done for others he will do for us takes our faith to please him. God does not lie. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Have you heard that in the Bible before? All right. Okay. We can say, okay, God, this is your promise to me. I trust you to bring it to pass in my life. I take you at your word, and I trust you to perform it in my life. First Corinthians 1.9, out of the Amplified Classic, says, God is faithful, reliable, and trustworthy, and therefore ever true to his promise, and he can be depended on. Can you depend on God or what? Amen. All right. Um, Hebrews 10.23 out of the Amplified Classic. Is, uh, is very similar to this one. It says, He who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. Simon's faith brought him all those fish, and his, mi- his friends were amazed. They saw the reliability of God. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. I heard Pastor Michael say this one time. He changed the words around just a little bit, and that's what I like to do too. And he says, um, "With God or with faith, it's possible to please God." So what pleases God? Our faith pleases God. And how does faith come? Romans ten seventeen. Around here, faith comes by. And hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing some more, right? And can you just get by with faith for today, tomorrow? Well t- yesterday's faith go for tomorrow? We need a fresh dose of faith is what I'm trying to say every single day. Just like our, our physical body gets fed. Hopefully you feed it. Good stuff. We need to feed our spirit man. Um, there's a minister that says sometimes we, we uh, give our, our body three hot meals a day and our spirit gets one snack a week no wonder our faith is weak our physical body gets weak if we do that right our, our, physical, or I mean our spirit man gets weak too and needs some revitalization it needs some strength, it needs some power and you come to the church or get into your Bible and feed your faith every single day we've got good things in here lots of things we can get fresh stuff every single day Okay, so what do we do with our faith when it comes to us? Our faith helps us obtain those precious promises that already belong to us. Chapter 11 of Hebrews is called the Hall of Fame of Faith. And there are many examples of men and women who use their faith to please God and obtain promises for themselves and for others. We don't have time really to go look into into that, but I encourage you to read um, that chapter in Hebrews sometime and look at all those things by faith, through faith, in faith, Noah did this. In faith, Moses did that. In faith, Hannah believed God for a child. You talked about that. See, somebody else had a message. You all did today. <laughs> That's good, though. It makes me know I'm on the right path. Okay, let's look at Luke 15. It's a parable of the prodigal son. <clears throat> verse starts in verse 11. <clears throat> told you I had a lot of scriptures. Pastor, I was already tells you that anyway all the time. Okay. Alright. This is about a certain man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. He was ready to go out and, and explore the world and do some things he wanted to do. So he says, uh, give me my inheritance right now. I want it right now. So the father said, so the father divided it And um, the young man uh, went out on his own and not many days he gathered everything together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Prodigal living is extravagant, wasteful living. And he probably had lots of friends because he had lots of money. (laughs) Right? So eventually he lost all his money. And, and, And when he... And when it was all spent, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. You think he might be getting hungry? No money? Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, but no one gave him anything. 17. But when he came to himself, I like that expression. When he came to himself, have you thought about that? It's like... I I say he got a light bulb moment, like, what am I doing? My father back home has all kinds of riches, and he's got food, and he's got everything I have need of, and here I am in a pig pen. He came to his senses, and he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? Passion translation says here, humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing. I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I was wrong, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Do you think it was hard on him to say I was wrong? (laughs) Ooh, father, you were right. (laughs) Right? He says, make me like one of your hired servants. So he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and I have sinned in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. He didn't even say, Go take a shower, son. You smell like a pig. He just said, Bring him a robe. Put sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf. We're going to have a party. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost, and now he's found. And they began to be merry. Do you think the father was, you know, Scripture doesn't say this, but I wondered if he was praying for his son every day. And give him, give him common sense to know he can come home anytime he wants to. He doesn't have to live like he's living. Of course, they didn't have cell phones and all that kind of thing that for him to say, Mom, Dad, I need some money but nowadays there might be mom I need some money can you send me some money or something like that so I, I believe the, the father was, was believing God for his prodigal son he wanted him to come home because he, he knew what, what kind of life he was living and it probably saddened him okay now here comes the older son verse 25 the older son was in the field and when he came and drew near to the house he heard music and dancing and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant And the servant said, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your brother has killed the fatted calf. But the second the older son was angry and would not go in. Ooh, jealous. Is that a good thing? Not in God's eyes. His father came out and pleaded with him, and he said to his father, Father, all these many years I've been serving you, I've never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might have a party with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours comes, who's devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And the father said, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive and was lost and is found." everything he had or he had everything he needed right there all he had to do was receive it and take it ask right all that the father god has is ours all these things that i talked about is ours we have a rich father we come from a rich family and i don't mean just money and that's important but all these other things peace prosperity happiness well-being kindness love joy peace there's nothing he won't do for his children. There's more than enough in daddy's house. Everybody should say amen. He's not going to give it all to Ralph and Jan. Sorry you don't get it at all. I'm sure I want my part. But we don't have to do that. God's got enough for everybody. All his promises are for every one of us. We can have as much of God as we want. It's our choice. How much do we want to get into the word to get revelation knowledge, to find out what we have? Sometimes it's a struggle, right? To find time to put into the word, study to pray. But more when we say, I don't care. I'm getting into the word this morning. Sometimes the best thing you can do is when you have so much to do, get into the word first give to God, and then he'll go back to you, right? I know when I um, have time with the Lord, like first thing in the morning, I get up early and it's quiet in our house, the phone's not ringing. Pastor, we need this, or electrical question or something. But I get so much done, then the rest of the day, it's like my day has been stretched out. But it goes smoothly, it's not hard to get all those things done. Give God first place. And then he'll give back to you what you have need of, right? All right. Uh, Maybe some of us have a prodigal son or daughter or other friends that are wayward. Uh, Here's a prayer to pray for them. It's out of Colossians 3, 9, 12, chapter 3, verse 9 to 12, out of the New Living. This is Paul praying a prayer here. There's so many good prayers in the in the Bible um, Hannah's prayer for a child and Solomon's prayer for wisdom just so many good prayers when you're searching out um, David's prayers in, in the Psalms when you're searching in the word of God take, take account of the prayers that are in the Bible God loves it when we pray those prayers because they're faith based he answers faith right? Well, right, what pleases God is faith okay back to this t- t- uh, chapter here We have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to love God, or know God better and better. Um, Using the words from the Bible as our prayer pleases God, and he loves to honor his word. Father... At your word, I take your word for my child or my friend or whatever. Um, I'm going to um, read something out of this book called the Authority. Excuse me, the Believer's Authority. It's by Brother Hagen. He was the founder of the school where all your pastoral team went to Bible College, and uh, he says about praying. Those, uh, there's Ephesians prayers. There's a, a prayer in Ephesians one and a prayer in Ephesians three. And um, you can put your name in there. You can put somebody else's name in there. And uh, he says, The turning point in my life came when I prayed these prayers for myself more than a thousand times. I started by reading them aloud. Beginning with the first chapter, I personalized the prayers by saying me wherever Paul said you. For example reading Ephesians 314 to 7, he says, I would say, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant me, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in my heart by faith, that I may be rooted and grounded in love, that I may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth of and length, and depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that I might be filled with all the fullness of God. And he said, I spent much time praying these two prayers on my knees at the altar of the last church I pastored in East Texas. East Texas. I kept my Bible open before me to these prayers and prayed them for myself several times a day. Sometimes I told my wife I was going next door to the church to pray and didn't want to be bothered except in an emergency. Sometimes I stayed in prayer two or three days at a time. I spent about six months praying this way during the winter of 1947-48. Then the first thing I was praying for started to happen. I had been praying for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and the spirit of revelation began to function. I began to see things in the Bible I had never seen before. It just began to open up to me. I advanced more in spiritual growth and knowledge of the word in those six months than I had in fourteen years as a minister and in more than sixteen years as a Christian. That was one of the greatest spiritual discoveries I ever made. I said to my wife, What in the world have I been preaching? I was so ignorant of the Bible, it's a wonder the deacons didn't have to come in and tell me to kill me in out of the rain. We must have the spirit of wisdom and revelation of Christ and his word if we are to grow. It's not going to be imparted to us through our intellect either. The Holy Spirit must unveil it to us. People often want to know how to pray for fellow Christians. If you start praying these Ephesians prayers for them, you'll see results in their life. I suggest you pray these prayers for yourself, too. I used to think that it was selfish to pray those prayers. Until I found out, I read this book, and hey, I can pray for myself using these prayers. Years ago, I prayed these prayers twice a day, morning and evening, for a family member. He needed healing desperately, yet he couldn't seem to grasp what the Bible says about divine healing. When I prayed, I inserted this person's name in the prayers as I had previously inserted my own. Within ten days, he wrote me saying, I'm beginning to see things I never saw before. The minute you get spiritual, things happen. It was surprising how fast my kin folks changed once I started praying for them scripturally. I'd been praying for some of them for years with no results. The word of God, at thy word. Um, I know um, A young man who um, was suffering, not suffering, but struggling with some things in his life and unsure what to do with his life. He wanted to obey God with all his might. He wasn't a prodigal son, but he just was confused about some things and didn't think he was really hearing from God at all. And uh, he just was confused and was struggling. He was reading his Bible and praying. I didn't know exactly what he needed to do either, but God did. So I just took one verse of this prayer of Paul to pray for him And I said, Father, I ask that you give him complete knowledge of your will for him. Your will for him. That you give him spiritual wisdom and understanding so that he would know what he's supposed to do. He would know where to go and all these things with his life. Within a few weeks, just a few weeks, he realized that he had been in fear about many things and was able to take control of his thoughts and use the word of God against those thoughts. I didn't know that about him. I didn't know he was operating in fear. I didn't see any of that, but God did. And when I was praying those prayers about spiritual wisdom and understanding, he got it. Today he's in a totally different place, a good place, he's confident, he's happy with life. Just that one verse. You can take that and do that with yourself or somebody that you you know is struggling. It's the truth of God that sets us free. It completely changed his life. Amen? All right. Okay. I want more light bulb moments this year. I want what, that's what I call them, where you get the revelation. You know, you see a child, they understand two plus two is four, and they get it. I want those get it moments for myself. You read the scripture sometimes 25 times, and the 26th time you read it, oh, that's what it means. That's, I get it. I take God at his word. All right? Okay. Um. Gosh, time's going fast. Um, Believe. uh, Okay, remember there's thousands of promises in the Bible, and it's our choice to grab hold of those promises, but we do it by faith. Faith is confidence and trust in God, like Mary had confidence, like Simon had confidence, to do what God said to do. You can do it. With faith, we please him, and the result of our faith, or the end of our faith, is a great reward, which is the answer we've been believing for. Believe, as a verb, understanding what verbs are, from grammar class? Action. Who said action? Yes. Um, so the actions we have is say something. Say something. I believe I receive. God, you said it in your word. Your word says, by the stripes of Jesus I am healed. Your word says, all my needs are met according to your virtues and glory. You take it by faith. Amen? All right. We can have confidence that the Bible, what the Bible says, what God says in his word, he will do he will do it. God's not a man that he's going to lie. He's not going to say something one day and then the next day he changes his mind. If we pray for wisdom for ourselves, it's okay. You can pray for wisdom for other people too, but then don't doubt that he's going to give it to you. Because when we doubt, if you doubt, you do without. Heard that expression? And that, you know, we do have an enemy in this world. <laughs> it's because we live in a world with a curse. Live, there's, a, there's a teacher at Ramah that says, We live on the earth with a curse. But we don't have to live under the curse anymore because we have Jesus. He set us free. He's given us his word to stay free. All right. Um, Jesus came to defeat him and destroy the works that he does. Steal, kill, and destroy. As I say in children's ministry, God is good and the devil is bad. Anything bad is the devil. Anything good is God. Isn't that simple? <laughs> You're saying amen, amen. You got it, right? Okay. Okay. Um, but he's a bully. The devil's a bully. So we have to stand up to him and resist him. He doesn't like it when we learn truth because we're going to take that truth and stomp him to the ground, right? Put him under our feet. The Bible tells us to resist the devil and he has to flee. That's a promise. I just tell him to shut up. I never would allow my boys to say that at home, but they could say, shut up to the devil. We went to a movie the other night called Ordinary Angels based on a true story. It's a really good movie. You guys will like it. I, uh, it was in Riverton. But a lady in this movie had this line. She said, I'm good at a lot of things, but taking no for an answer isn't one of them. The devil tries to tell you, no, you can't have it. You can't have the promises of God. He said, Oh, you go away. And you can say it a lot not, or uglier than that to him. <laughs> He's a thief. Don't let him steal from you. No, you're not stealing from me. I take God's word and believe that God's working all things out for me. I take his promise. I take take him at his word. God doesn't say one thing while you say this. He doesn't say one thing one day and something else the next. His word is true. He's faithful. And there's nothing too hard for God. Nothing impossible for him. Faith in God makes the impossible possible. I like what the, uh, I think it's First John four fifteen or something like that. It says, we achieve victory through our faith. Amen. Amen? Amen. All right. So we're talking about the blessings and the promises and things like that. And um, one more thing I want to say about the blessings in our lives. God is good, isn't he? He's got so much for us. So much more than what we um, are experiencing here on the earth. But, so we're going to have more for 2024. Oh, that's my declaration. Okay, this, talking about the blessings, this is out of Genesis 12:3, 3. And um, he says, I will bless those, he's talking about Israel, I will bless those who bless you and curse him who curses you or uses insolent language against you. In you will all families and kindred of the earth be blessed, and by you they will bless themselves. The Hebrew meaning here, Billy Brim, Sister Billy Brim was talking about this. She says the Hebrew meaning there is like those who bless Israel will bring the blessing on themselves. So be careful what you're saying about Israel. Listen to this. This was um, in the Al Jazeera news, and I'm not going to tell you a name or anything, but there's this guy. He was in, in the lectern of a big meeting. And he was bashing Israel for like 20 minutes. Anti-Israel. Have you heard the story? (laughs) And um, he collapsed after that 20 minutes. Two days later, he was dead. So let's bless Israel. Let's support Israel with our prayers, with our monetary gifts, if you can. This church um, sends money to a organization once a month. And if you give it as a giver, you're part of that. But be careful what you say with your words about Israel. You don't want the curse coming upon you. Amen? Amen. All right. So what is your more in 2024? Are you believing God for something? Believe. I dare you to believe God for more and more in your life. Jerry Saval says, and he said, it's a Texas term. He said, I double-dog dare you. (laughs) all right Ephesians 3.20 out of the Passion Translation says never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this he'll give you the desires of your heart you seek him more seek him first say at your word at thy word I will let down the net at your word I believe at your word I will obey at your word I will speak the blessings of God over my life um, Psalm 114, I'm sorry, 115 out of, 115, verse 14 and 15 out of the Passion. We've read this before. God himself will fill you with more. Blessings upon blessings will be heaped upon you and upon your children from the maker of heaven and earth, the very God who made you. Let's not doubt God. Let's take him at his word. he got precious promises for us for this year, more and more for you. Okay, everybody stand. Amen. I hope your faith got nourished this morning with the word of God. The word of God is powerful. Okay, we never want to close out a service without giving somebody the opportunity to accept Jesus. It's not about a religion. It's about, or about even joining this church. It's about giving someone, or it's about a relationship and giving someone a chance to experience a lifetime difference in their lives by accepting Jesus. Around here we believe that God is a good God. He's a wonderful father to his children. He loves us, wants to have a relationship anywhere we invite him in. So every eye closed and heads bowed, I think everybody in here probably knows Jesus. I want to give you a chance if if you've never done that, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If that's you, raise your hand high so I can see. There's tall people in here, and I'm not tall. Oh, (laughs) right, kids Hallelujah. All right. Well, praise God. All right. Okay. I don't see any hands raised, so let's all just praise God. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time this morning. Father, I trust that your people were ministered to, they were fed, and they're going home thinking about more and more. All that you have for us, you have so much for us, all these precious promises. And they already belong to us. Everything you have is already ours. So I thank you, Father, for showing us ways to get those things into our lives by faith. Faith pleases you. Oh, I forgot to say this about Jerry's not Jerry Sabal, but um Jesse DePlanis. He um his theme for this year is uh give God a job. Give God a job. He says, uh God wants to work for us and with us. He says that giving God a job is by having faith in his ability to fulfill his word. Give him a job and watch what he will do for you. Your faith in him is a catalyst for miracles, spiritually, financially, physically, or in every other area. Let's give God a job this week. Use our faith. Amen? You're dismissed. Go and have a good day, a good week. Pastor Danny will be back in the States on Wednesday, in Casper Thursday. I'm going to go pick him up, and then he'll be back in Lander on Thursday afternoon. Okay. It's been a joy having you with us today. We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's Word. Always remember you're valuable and precious, special and important to Him.